everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. All right. We're into the thick of 2022. You could tell by my voice that maybe hitting me a little bit, but I'm warding off Omicron spirits. Yeah, we don't want that Omi for you. <laughs> Nobody wants it for all of you that have got it. Sorry. I know. I might be among you by the time this episode airs. Know, Not it's good. Wild. It's wild. Anyway. 2022, basically, right? You got it. Yes. Mm-hmm. On last week's episode, I spoke with Elma Boganovich. Elma is a digital marketing authority who has been called the epicenter of influence by Forbes and credited by Yahoo News as the driving force behind her digital empire, A&E. She's one of the top U.S. influencers with over a million followers on social media. Ms. Boganovich is the COO and co-founder of A&E, a digital agency, and she's in charge of building the company's list of world-renowned partners and clients. Her area of expertise includes PR, and she's responsible for hundreds of top media news placements. She joined us to talk about the inner workings of influencer marketing, including her own experience, as well as what brands and content creators should do to make successful partnerships. If you like learning more about the industry, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all of the places at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Send them in. Jeff, this week, I mean, I have known this lovely, lovely human for eight or nine, almost a decade. And I spoke with Diane Cole Stevens, the owner of Cole Stevens Salon. She is an internationally recognized hairstylist, entrepreneur, life coach and mentor, educator, and at the heart of all of it, a philanthropist. If you know her, it is to love her. Um, She is the visionary behind Cole Stevens, an award-winning salon with two highly sought-after destinations in Washington, D.C. metro area, and its signature series curriculum on cut and color. This has catapulted Diane and her styling team to a global platform as innovators on texture and multi-hair color trends. For over 12 years, she's partnered with Wella, the company representing Wella as a top artist and Nioxin as a global stylist ambassador. In addition to her passion and skill for hair, she's also the CEO and founder of the Cinderella Foundation. She founded this in 2002, and it's an organization that helps inspire and guide young women in underserved areas. She joined me this week to discuss something that many women deal with, and that is the dreaded postpartum hair loss. Been there, done there, don't want anyone to experience it, but she talks about um, her, certainly her experience with Nioxin and how scalp health is so important. So we are excited to welcome her to the podcast today. But before we get there, something that BuzzFeed brought to our attention. Yes, BuzzFeed, we are millennials. We look at it occasionally. Guilty as charged. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what it is that you discovered, Kelly. Yeah. So it was hairdressers and they were revealing things that you must stop doing during your haircut. Some of them might be eye-opening. Some of them in our pro community may just be like, yeah, duh, we know that. Okay. But of the list, one stuck out to me as a potentially always awkward moment. And the fact is when you are getting your hair shampooed, Jeffrey, are your eyes open or are they closed? My eyes are always closed. I would never want to stare someone down in that way, but Great. I know that plenty of people do. And it's weird. Why would you do that to the style? Like just, 
I don't want that view. You don't want that view. Like nobody wants these things. Like just close your eyes and let it happen. Enjoy the experience. Right. Am I, am I crazy? Who's opening their eyes? I don't know, but there were notes on there that said, yeah, I opened my eyes and some thought it might be creepy to close your eyes because it may look like you're enjoying the service too much. I don't know. There's all sorts of comments on there. The other thing is when you get your hair done, buzzed, cut, colored, whatever it may be. Do you prefer to chat the whole time? I feel like I'm hot and cold. I'm either like all in on hearing and chatting and being like, yes, like, let's just get into it. Or I want nothing to do. And it's just like, please do this so that I can go. I feel like those are the extremes. I'm never one. Like it's, it's, that's just it. Uh, What about you? Are you a talker? I feel like you're a talker. Well, I think by default, but Honestly, sometimes, you know, I think it's nice to to not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, it it just depends, right? Like, I feel like you probably have your designated stylist, the the person that you've known too long time. Yeah. Uh That's, you know, and they they know too. Like, they can pick up on the vibe. You can pick up on their vibe. Sometimes they're just like, I got to get through this. Like, we're cool, but like, this has got to get moving to the next thing. And likewise. So I do like the thought though, of I've seen salons where in the past or read about them where you can put on like your intake form. If you prefer like a quiet mm, visit or and I think that's really smart. It takes the awkwardness out of all of it. Well, cause then the stylist knows exactly what they're getting themselves into and vice versa. So Mm, that's kind of the solve oh. for all of this BuzzFeed stuff. The funniest thing, though, because I literally just got my hair cut yesterday. Um, I've got a little bit of a baby mullet that you can't tell. But ah, it's sprouting. Okay. It's, it's on its way. <laughs> um, but my barber, uh, <laughs> they are really like we're, we're close the, and they were busy and stuff was going on. And I came a little bit earlier because they wanted to get out earlier and all that. And I had a hoodie on and a hoodie was one of the biggest things that yeah. this BuzzFeed list yep. said you should never do. And here I was doing it, making it more difficult for my friend. I'm an ass. What can you do? I felt bad. Now we know. Like, now, you know, I'll never right? do it again. Never will I wear a hoodie never. or a turtleneck. Never. A turtleneck, I understood. I was just like, well, you can get the, but you really can't. I'm not wearing turtlenecks in LA, are you? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Are you Steve Jobs? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was a good one from BuzzFeed. Bait clicked, clicked away, and there you have it. Speaking of clickbaity goodness, the tease.com, our editorial team, hard at work this week, just like every week, uncovering industry news, diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here is a bunch of our favorite headlines from the .com this week. First up, hair tinsel is the glitzy trend taking TikTok by storm. It's back, baby. Everything that's old is new again and better than it was before. Look, go to the tease.com, read this article. TikTok, it's got a way of making the uncool suddenly cool again. Case in point, everything early aughts, chunky highlights, all of it is back. The latest trend, hair tinsel. Tinsel embellished hair, also known as quote-unquote fairy hair, which I would never call it, uh, has completely taken TikTok by storm with the hashtag hair tinsel racking up over 75 million views on the app alone. Despite the fact that tinsel tresses are seeing a surge in popularity, it should be known that this blinky hair look is by no way new. Kelly, the article goes into all of the different styles, everything that you can do, best brands, etc. 
would you add some tinsel to your hair? Yes or no? I think before we say that question, <laughs> the question should be, have you ever? That's fair. Let's 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 go back because we're talking. I mean, this is yeah. a trend that is resurfaced. Yeah. It's resurfaced. Yes. In the past, had you tinseled? Had you added some glitz, some bling to your hair? Your own? Oh, okay. I, I did. And I regret it. I did. Oh. I was right there. Hmm. I was much younger then. I feel hmm. like, you know, a subtle tinsel catching a ray of sun. Oh, yeah. It's a fun little. <laughs> hmm. I don't think I'll be reliving this trend. I don't okay. I don't think it's going to happen. But what do you think about hair tinsel? I mean, in the way that it's being done right now, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the genius of TikTok. Like, again, I would never have considered it. But now you like throw it at my face. 75 million times. And I'm like suddenly reconsidering everything that I know to be true. Um, people like Katy Perry have done it of late. Like it's, it's done well. It's not like the Adrian Maloof real housewives of Beverly Hills season one hair tinsel. That was, that was where I was at. Yeah. 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 And I'm sorry for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love the one from goddess glitter in the article you have to check out. It's textured. Beautiful, dark, rich looking hair with some green tinsel. And I'm not going to lie. It looks pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. So go to the tease.com, check out the full article. Let us know what you think. We are genuinely curious about whether tinsel hair, hair tinsel, fairy hair is here to stay, or if it's just going to be here for a minute and the next thing's going to pop up. You let us know. Okay. Next up on the tease.com, something that is really top of mind, especially with Omicron. Some not great news. The title of the piece, ISSC, Naha, and Beacon have been postponed amid Omicron surge. If you were hoping to attend a major hair show this month, i.e. the month of January, February, we hate to break it to you, but things are moving. We're going to the spring. The PBA, one of the largest and most inclusive trade organizations representing the entire beauty industry, has made the decision to postpone a number of January events until spring and summer months. This announcement from the PBA comes amid a recent surge, which we are all experiencing, of COVID-19 cases spurred on by Omicron. Yikes. Kelly. Yikes is right. I mean, it's a huge bummer. Did you see this coming? I feel like we all did. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Ah. it's like dips and or peaks and valleys, if you will. Right. We're like, (laughs) we got this. Everyone's vaccinated. It's cool. It's happening. And then it's like, whoop, something new pops up. So I just don't know. I think it's best to reschedule. Um, I think it is totally a bummer. And I, you know, and I hope that these wonderful previous live events don't go away altogether. I know that's the real danger, isn't it? it um, is. We're excited yeah. to see. I mean, PBA has staggered the event. So it looks like Naha and Beacon are going to be happening in April and then ISSC in June. Um, with any luck by that time, those things can happen because it's so much fun to go to these events and see each other in person uh, and enjoy the community. So fingers crossed that it works out. Head to the tease. If this is a surprise, there's a ton more details there uh, for you guys to, to check out. More breaking news on the tease.com breaking in parentheses in quotation marks is that Andis company has just released a new version of the master cordless clipper in Chrome. The article Andis master cordless just got a major style upgrade for the new year. And it's a beauty. We know that Andis company has got the Chrome and gold versions of its master cordless clipper. Now it is available in a limited edition copper colorway with black blades, plural. This tool comes with a blade 
that is for tapering and then an additional fade blade at a bonus value, which is incredible. It is a stunner, which leads me to Kelly. Chrome, gold, copper. If you were a barber, which one would you pick up for your station? Oh, gold. I think gold. I think I'm, I actually think I need all three because I, I you know, gold is having a moment, but then chrome always has a moment. Copper could be, you know, sprinkled in there, maybe in this little spring. spice, a little know. spice, a little something special yeah. for the new year. No, I think that it's so cool to see all of them. Obviously, people are Great. going crazy as expected. So go over to the tease.com, see all of the specs, all of the deets, and obviously where to purchase if you want to go and add that to cart and get that for your station. And I want to say kudos to the Andis team because now these tools are just so beautiful. You just want to like set them at your station. Mm-hmm. All the time. I mean, they're like a piece of a work of art. So, I mean, I love it. I love to see it. As always, so much going on tease.com. Head over there to read about all of the things we just mentioned and way, way more. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Up next, my interview with the lovely Diane Cole-Stevens, the owner of Cole-Stevens Salon. Diane Cole-Stevens, owner of Cole-Stevens Salon, is an internationally recognized hairstylist, entrepreneur, life coach and mentor, educator, and philanthropist. She is the visionary behind Cole Stevens, an award-winning salon with two highly sought destinations in Washington, D.C., metro area, and its signature series curriculum on cut and color. This has catapulted Diane and her styling team to a global platform as the innovators on texture and multicultural hair trends. For over 12 years, Diane partnered with Wella, representing Wella as a top artist and Nioxin as a global style ambassador. In addition to her passion and skill for hair, Diane is also the CEO and founder of the Cinderella Foundation. Founded in 2002, the organization helps inspire and guide young women in underserved areas. Whew, that's a mouthful. (laughs) You've been up to something. Thank you, Kelly. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. I, I loved that refresher on all of the amazing things that you are doing and have done with your career. Thank you so, so much. And our history goes back a couple of years. Um, so we've known each other for more, more over a handful of years. And, you know, I don't know if I know your story about how you got started in the beauty industry. So let us hear it. Well, just like a lot of hairdressers, I mean, I probably played with hair at the age of eight until. Okay. So I started getting clients. My sisters are 14 years older than me. So um, they were trying to become professionals in the world. And I started doing their friends. I started doing their hair and they were like, wow, I was getting a clientele at age 13. (laughs) (laughs) You were a budding entrepreneur before you maybe could spell entrepreneur. Who knows? (laughs) Exactly. Then off to college, you know, that's how my family, that's what we have to do off to college. And then um, I went to work in corporate America, Fortune 500, and I did enjoy it. I enjoyed everything about Fortune 500. But there was always this thing missing in me, and I think it was the artistry. So while I love the business portion or the structure of marketing, which was what I was doing, I really missed um, just getting my hands in hair. So I wound up um, uh, taking a break from my, my Fortune 500 gig, and I went to work in a salon in Georgetown, 
and I was sweeping the hair, the best sweeping I could do. I was shampooing, <laughs> the best shampooing I, would, I could do. And it's funny because I started um, getting tips. So now the business mm. part is coming, right? So now I've got the sure. creative part, shampooing, blow drying, but um, treating people well and doing the best you can. I was gaining on my $10 an hour job. I was gaining $10 an hour in gratuity. So my income changed and I thought, wow, I went full blast into an awesome and amazing career called uh, cosmetology. Amazing. I love that story. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that you took the leap or had the faith to take the leap to leave corporate America. I mean, the stability of it, right? Sure. Sure. And it was with, I was working for mobile oil and they became Exxon. So they had a package and I was there quite a few years. So that package did me well. So even though some people say they left their career, you have to be smart. You know, I had a whole year's worth of salary still coming to all right. Okay. So while that I was helps. making ten dollars an hour, plus ten dollars an hour with gratuity, yep, keeping it real, you have a cushion. So I, I did it the smart way. Yeah. No, I love that. That's very smart. So did you think, you know, at that moment when you left corporate America, you were like, I got to get my hands in hair again. Tell me about your first, or actually your second job, then within a salon. Yeah. So my second job, I saw a salon written up in Vogue magazine as top 10 in the country. And so a lot of my family members, they said, "Mm, maybe you may not want to try to shoot for the stars. (laughs) (laughs) But I decided to go down there. They weren't, um, they weren't hiring. I called um, from the little magazine article. I looked them up and I called. Amazing. They didn't answer me back. So I went down there and I, I take my hair, Kelly, my hair was bouncy and beautiful. <laughs> My outfit, it was all black. I was dressed to the nine, as they call Love it. it. And the owner there um, asked if I wanted to have a conversation. And he asked if I would assist him the next Saturday. So I was a human clip. I yep. was the best sweeper. And I tell you that we're still friends. We're still very, very close friends. Wow. My first owner and I. I've only worked in one salon in my career besides my own, but I learned so much. I was all in. I gave 110% uh, to his business to try to make sure that his vision was happening because I was Mm -hmm. benefiting from Mm -hmm. it. It was, it was the best. I'm so blessed to have the best opportunity out of hair school. Yeah. That's amazing. And I love how you phrase that, that you were giving you're all to his business and vision because you were benefiting from it as well. That's such a cool perspective to have. Absolutely. Amazing. Okay. So then when did you start your salon? Take me through that journey. Okay. So um, I was doing a lot of hair textures. I would do curly hair, a lot of um, women from that were um, Italian Hmm. and they had a lot of curl. Um, women uh, from uh, Jewish women, um, black women, not a lot of black women, but enough that I was becoming this expert, right? Mm, Okay. And I wasn't afraid of curls. So it got me good favor. I got more clients because I had a specialty. Ah, So now, of course, I was still doing my blondes. I was still doing cutting, but I was becoming this niche person. So it opened up a faster door for me to get Mm -hmm. on the floor to get a chair. So yeah. went from shampoo and okay. to there was a need there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't believe it just happened. I was getting clients. People were referring me. 
Um, I'd tell you. So then I said, um, well, I, I got about three, I had 300 clients when finally of working with Dennis and I went in, I said, Oh, here's that conversation. Yeah. You know, that stylist that says, you know, I might think about doing something else. Mm-hmm. So I went into him and I said, you know, Dennis, I said, I want to go specifically into more texture and curly yeah. hair. And I said, uh, I don't want to take your clients, but there's 10 clients that I really, that have really helped me more than yeah. hair. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the kind of mm-hmm. client that gives yeah. you just that boost, you mm-hmm. know, I had 10 people that I asked if I could take. So he's like, are you kidding me? You have 300 clients and you're asking me if you can have yeah. the phone number for 10 of them. See, so yeah, I, I didn't need the 290. I, I needed the <laughs> You're going to find another 290 in a flash. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I first opened, um, we had about about 100 clients that I built on my own. And then okay. it went to um, 800 within one year. Are I you kidding you, me? Yeah, that jump, you know, you always have. I mean, they always say you're not supposed to have fear. Like Christians are supposed to have fear. You get some fear, okay? <laughs> but I, I took that leap. And I tell you, a year when you look back at your books and you're like, Wow, we kicked butt our first year. Unbelievable. Yeah, and then you start um, making the making of a brand. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never, you never know you're making a brand. You're trying to survive. Ah, uh, yeah. Fear, <laughs> fear can be a motivator, can't it? <laughs> fear is a motivator. I agree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then it just took off, and this brand, I tell you, it's it's given me it's given me as much as I've given it. So I'm yeah. Thinking. And then currently now, um, how many stylists do you have at your locations? So I have 32. Before wow. the pandemic, we had 43. Okay. But I tell you, I I probably won't amp up mm-hmm. the 43. I think this is the sweet spot as far as finances, as far as, you know, making a profit. You know, you, you go deeper in finance yeah. when you go through a pandemic mm-hmm. and you start cutting the fat. Yep. You know, for sure. Yeah, so uh, we're we're excited, and um, we have thirty something people to inspire. Yeah, that's amazing. Congrats. <laughs> um, so, tell me about you know you worked with Nioxin for quite some time. Tell me how you got hooked up with the brand and what that journey was like for you. Yeah, Nioxin is my heartbeak. I mean, the yeah. Willa family. Um, they trained me well. They trained me well, mm-hmm. and it's my family forever. Mm-hmm. So when I first um, got introduced to Sebastian, because yep. I love cutting, mm-hmm. so I was just cutting, and I always wore like my husband would always go say like, well, "You're gonna put clothes on." You know, Sebastian's very dark. <laughs> you hardly have any clothes on. <laughs> Everything was like a mini skirt and high thigh boots, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Man, where are you going like that?" I said, "Oh, I'm teaching a class for Sebastian." <laughs> That's very on brand for Sebastian. <laughs> exactly, because I'm not a tattoo girl. I'm like, uh-huh. I don't have the piercings, but I said, but I can, I can wear some leather. Uh-huh. And so, um, <laughs> it was just um, the Wella brand, because like, it's part Sebastian's part of it. It was fueling me as a salon owner. Um, okay. I was going out to teach classes, and every time I taught, and every time you teach, you learn. Yeah. So I kept, I kept growing. My brain just kept learning more. So then I started looking at their products and saying, wow, I wonder if I could use it on this texture. And hmm. I started creating things. Hair is hair. Yep. It's a fabric. Yeah. So I learned, started learning so much more. So then I really took a deeper dive with Nioxin because a lot of my clients were having trouble with their hair, the okay. porosity issues, the dry ends. 
just challenges and nioxin um, because it's such a foundation product for the scalp. It started giving me um, solutions. Mm-hmm. So now, I guess I'm, I'm an artist. I'm doing color and cutting, and I'm dressing in leather. But then I said, <laughs> I wanted a deeper dive. I didn't want to laugh off the wise. Yeah, ha ha ha. Just you know, who knows? I took yep. a deeper dive, and Nioxin took me on that journey to take a deeper dive to understand and learn more about scalp, diet, internal stress, and um, I was able to train that to my staff. Okay. Perfect. And yeah. I just, uh, the nioxin flies off the shelf because, because it works. Yeah, it does. It's that kind of OG product that, you know, it's the number one when you go back for hair thinning and loss. And that's a scary time in your life when you could be experiencing that. I mean, hair is so much of who we are in our identity. It really is. I mean, hair is just, it's the biggest accessory. There's mm-hmm. nothing bigger. Yeah. That has to stay on the head. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> so we're here to talk about one specific type of hair loss or hair thinning. And that's really from a postpartum perspective. And, you know, I certainly have that moment when you're in the shower and you're like, what? is happening, (laughs) you know, postpartum. And, you know, maybe it's not talked about as much as it should, but, you know, would love to know kind of your take on postpartum hair loss. Yeah, that postpartum, I may tell you that hair loss, um, the legal uh, term of it would be called like telogen effluvium, which is like an excessive, excessive shedding. Because much is going on. I mean, I remember, um, you know, being pregnant and, you know, the hair is just like, mm-hmm. oh, I have the best <laughs> hair, like known to man. And you're feeling like you never have a bad hair day mm-hmm. uh, while you're pregnant. And, and that's because all that, all that estrogen, you know, all those that estrogen, those great hormones, everything is working and the yep. baby is getting all the nutrition mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you're taking vitamins and everything's working. Yep. And then you get the best bundle of joy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why we don't talk about, you know, your yeah. loss. Cause you know, you're kind of busy. We're, yeah. We are literally too busy to worry about ourselves at that moment. Right. Or for the next, how many years? <laughs> No, it's Let's true. Be real. <laughs> it's true. And I even, um, I was thinking about uh, just how much hair actually sheds in a day. Hmm. You know, like every yeah. day the hair sheds like 100 strands. No way. You don't see them. You know, you kind of see them, you know, when you're walking, a hair sheds out. Right. But almost 85% of our hair is always growing. 85%. Wow. Hmm. And so if you have 100,000 strands to 150,000 strands. That's a lot of hair growing. It is a lot. Yes. But then you get that 10% that's mm-hmm. actually shedding, you know, that you, mm-hmm. that you don't really see. Like, you know, you just don't see it all. You may see a strand or two in your brush. Sometimes when we yep. pull our hair, you see a strand, but you don't see anything but 10%. Okay. And then 10% of 100,000, as we're doing the math, that's 100 strands a day. Wow. So that's where that that mathematic equation comes from, mm. you know, 85% is growing and you, you're great. But with the postpartum and all the great stuff, when the baby comes out, then, you know, everything's kind of reverting back to normal. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the estrogen's going right back. The hormones are out of whack. Yep. And that 10% number changes because everything's been resting, resting, resting. The hair's been resting. It has been growing. I'm sorry. Now it starts resting. And then mm-hmm. that cycle, it's all that stuff that just grew. Everything that just that just happened goes back to normal. Yeah. And you're like, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. And probably like about 50% of women, it comes out like in the shower, like in, you're like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like what is happening? But we know that it's just that resting and that change in hormones. Yeah. And we know it's just going to be a temporary, a temporary thing. And how on average, how temporary is that? And when do you see that to start to happen? Yeah. With most of our clients, we start to see it at around two months okay. after the baby, okay. like right around their first hair appointment. You're like, mm, I should have put you on my nioxin system regimen the whole time you were like finishing the maternity. And then to regrow and kind of regroup with that. Tell me about that process where you're consulting a client through that. Yeah. So you're just saying, you know, usually it's the extreme and they're usually like, it's when the new hairs are growing back is usually when the mom sees it. The mom doesn't see it. They don't see, I see some of it in the shower. I see some of it in the brush, but they're so busy, you know, breastfeeding and they're so busy trying to give all the love to the baby. They don't see it until their little short hair is everywhere. And there's these little short hairs and that's when it's starting to grow. Okay. You know, the hair is starting to grow, but you're looking at these little nubs and you're like, I think my hair is breaking. No, that already happened. Interesting. New hair growing back. Huh. You know, All right. The, hair, the little terminal hair shed it out. And then you have a new hair growing in. And that's just the cycle, which means probably in about six months to a year, you finally start to see the see hair it. grow back. You see okay. the hair longer now. Yeah. Versus the tiny. Okay. Got it. So why do you think that this is something that isn't talked about more? You know what? It's almost like, you know, the pain you had through maternity, like nobody shares it. Like it hurts. You're right. It's your body forgets it. (laughs) And then you say, let's have another. (laughs) Yeah. So I I admire this segment because, you know, I think that we should talk about it. Mm -hmm. I think postpartum is lonely. I think postpartum Mm -hmm. shedding is scary. Mm-hmm. I think if we had known that this is going to be just temporary yeah. and there are some things we can do as well to just continue a great scalp environment. So maybe it doesn't happen as much, you know, mm-hmm. that this is hormonal challenges that, uh, you know, the hair got even better because the hair just stayed in a growing phase. Yeah. We were pregnant and then it just stopped all that extra hair. Like, could someone tell me that? Right. Yes. There is so much of a mystery to, like you mentioned, postpartum in general, whether it's hair loss or mood, hormones, like regaining your body. I mean, it's just a very tumultuous time. And then you add in the shedding of the hair. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it feel good. It no. And you're now it's like this like sparse bang, you know, that you've got to try to, you know, spray it, hairspray it to make it just like blend in with the other hair. <laughs> And, and I think had it been talked about a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, I think at least the expectation could be understood. Yeah, I agree. Talk to me about scalp health, because I know that, you know, Nioxin back in the day launched Neoscope. Do I have that right? Or what was the that? Nioscope? The Nioscope. Nioscope. Okay. 
So I know. Yeah. So Nioxin launched Nioscope back in the day. And that was so fascinating to me because you could actually look at your follicles and I mean, tell me about the importance of scalp health. Yeah. So scalp health is the mother of great hair. Mm -hmm. If you want wonderful hair, it's all about how healthy your scalp is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many contributing things to that because we're not always doing the best thing for our hair, like drinking enough water. Yeah. Believe it or not, nutrition plays such a good part. Mm -hmm. And then we have our natural stress. Like naturally, we're always going in and out of environments of stress. But the healthier we put things into our body, the better our skin. You know, your scalp is a direct reflection of the skin on your face. You know, that skin has to stay very healthy in Mm -hmm. order for um, your hair to thrive and to grow and be healthy. So I think that scalp health is um, number one. So in our consultations inside our salon, even when a person has a great scalp, Mm -hmm. we share the importance of a great scalp. Mm -hmm. Share the nutrients, exercise, um, crash diets are not a great thing for Mm -hmm. your body. Um, Blood flow is so important. Even um, meditating and having a healthier lifestyle with regard to just your mindfulness. Believe it or not, we're doing that in our consultations. Mm. We call it um, our hair and our scalp. This is my hair and scalp. Okay. I need you to treat my hair and scalp well. That's what we tell our clients. That's amazing. It's It's ours. We have gained control of the hair and the scalp. So pay attention. (laughs) So pay attention. So you're, but you're right. So I, I, I love, like I said, partnering with Nioxin. Because I know that it's going to give the best foundation with the scalp. It's going to give them mm-hmm. the best foundation. And it's so great for the hair, too. Right. But the scalp is what I'm really concentrating on. That's going to give me really beautiful, beautiful, thick, healthy hair. Whatever's supposed to be the best hair you have is going to come out because of the environment is the best that it can be. Yeah. Amazing. And what are some of those, you know, if you go in and say, like, how would you evaluate if I have a good scalp or not? Like at a first glance during a consultation? That's a good question. So um, Kelly, I always look and I, I want to see that it looks um, not cloudy. I want to okay. make sure that the scalp doesn't look cloudy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do take a look to see how much sebum is being produced so I can see if it's too um, oily. Um, I also know that um, scalp, the color of your scalp um, should look slightly translucent. So like for instance, Hmm. if you have um, pink, if your face is pink, your scalp should look slightly pink and translucent. If you are, say you're brown, your skin, your scalp should look brown but slightly translucent. So it almost Hmm. looks like a little bit lighter than your face, but in the same skin tone. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Is that interesting? It's so interesting. (laughs) I've never (laughs) heard it described like that. Are people shocked when you're like, hey, we've got to take a step back and fix this from the inside? They love it. They do. Um, I think self-care has been like the biggest movement. Like I'm having a candle, um, whether it's a glass of wine or fresh mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. People are putting cinnamon sticks in their water. They're putting mm-hmm. 
you know, just all this healthy, wonderful things to make people feel like they're taking care of themselves. So when we talk right about nutrition and we're actually examining their scalp and their hair, every single time, the first thing they say is, no one's ever done this. Right, right. So there is a movement mm-hmm. and the movement is in every part of every brand all over the world. I don't care what it is. There is something about people now. They want to take better care of themselves. Right. Yeah. It's a good movement. We need, we need this movement. <laughs> I mean, of, of maybe some potentially good things that have come from us resetting, you know, during the, the pandemic, the pandemic we're still in, um, is I've certainly been able to step back and, and prioritize and not run so ragged and hard because when it comes down to it, the most important thing is your family, right? Your world could be imploding. (laughs) Who knows what's happening, but your core group of people, um, is what's going to get you through it. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. My family, you know, my husband and my children, my in-laws, my just, I, I have a, a deeper appreciation for my mm-hmm. sisters mm-hmm. And, and even my friendships. Mm-hmm. Oh, I value my friendships. I'm a workaholic. I, I love, I, I love to work. Mm-hmm. That's my, like reading the book. I love to work. Yeah, but I yeah. realized though that uh, nurturing friendships and your friendships, even with your family, mm-hmm. that has taken uh, precedence for me in my life. Yeah. It has. So there's some silver linings of all of all of the year or two years that we've been in for sure. (laughs) Well, this was wonderful. The one last thing I want to talk about is, you know, I know you're the founder of the Cinderella Foundation. Tell me, I mean, since 2002, you've been inspiring and changing lives. Tell me about where that came from in your heart. Like, why? Why did you start the Cinderella Foundation? That is interesting. So Cinderella, you know, that's my kryptonite. That's that's what brings me down. It's just that's my human factor. It's like, oh, because I start crying. Um, you know, I, I feel so thankful for my life. And if there's anything I can do for anyone ever, anywhere, if they're feeling low, you know, and when I'm feeling low, I know what it feels like. So it came out of my pain. And it took me a long time to understand it. And a Cinderella girl. She was really badly behaved we were on a field trip and she was very negative and she kept saying things to get the other girls to be negative. And I'm just like, can we take her back? You know, <laughs> and I said, what is, she said, you know, why do you do this? I mean, everything in my life is pain and why do you do this for me? And um, mm-hmm. I hate me and I'm going to hate you because I hate me. And I'm just like, wow, this little girl broke me down mm-hmm. to say, why, why do I, or why did I? So my father died when I was nine years old. Oh, so, wow. uh, and I, you know, of course, you know, you're just like, your father is your world. He lifts me up and puts me on the countertop. My mother would yell, Ralph, get her off the countertop. You see me <laughs> cooking and chopping up stuff. And I would just look for every day for my daddy to lift me up on a countertop, you know? And I was a skinny little thing. I was the tiniest little thing. So even at nine, he was lifting me up. So I was at camp and they told me that, um, they let me go into this office and I, they gave us these peanut butter cookies and you were only allowed one peanut butter cookie at this camp. 
And I was like, oh, I wish I could have two. They gave me four. And I was like, something's going on. <laughs> so, but I found out, you know, my father had an appendix rupture oh. and he didn't take himself to the hospital. And he says, oh, Rose, my mom, I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. And then he had a cardiac arrest and my father expired. So that's the Cole. His last name was Cole. And when I say, yeah. uh, well, it was a tough time. As you suppress pain, Mm-hmm. And I, I became like this. Um, I, I, they always, my, my friends tease me. They said, you're the same person you are now as you were nine. Just a bundle of energy. Because um, you mask pain. Mm-hmm. You mask pain. You put it in whatever yeah. you need to do. The other little girl masked it in anger. Mm-hmm. I masked it in. I was like the best dancer. Yeah. I was like the best hairdresser. So I masked my pain and being busy um, yeah. for that for my life mm-hmm. i know where it comes from so mm-hmm. um fast forward i meet this guy who's my husband it was his last name stevens you know so one day i just said wow if i ever have a salon i oh. think i name it up so now the pain got more right. into like thank you yes. for like i tell you i pinch myself like this career kelly i tell you uh, so Cinderella, um, like I said, my kryptonite, mm-hmm. I got to find out why I like to help people, why I'm a mentor, why I, I want the rest of my born days um, to help anyone that comes in my path. Yep. I love you that. You got me good there, girl. I didn't cry with that one. She already <laughs> got me, but thanks for the question. Thanks for the deep yes. dive. Yes. It was wonderful. Such good stories. Um, I did not know the origin of the salon name, but it makes sense. It comes full circle and now you're giving and giving. So to an amazing career, for sure. To an amazing career, for sure. Thank you. Now we're going to lighten it up. (laughs) Okay. We have a section called the T's quick takes where they are indeed just a couple of questions and I need you to just Give me your best Diane answer. Okay. Okay. The first one is bar soap or body wash? Body wash. Okay. <laughs> okay. <It's work. laughs> You'll be surprised. It's been a polarizing topic. <laughs> All right. I, I'm not sure if you have any free time, but if you do, what are you streaming right now? Netflix, a book, HBO, podcast? Like, what are you into? You know what? Right now, I'm taking a um, finance class Ooh. Uh, online with um, Microsoft and um, Truth Kelly. <laughs> it's corporate finance. Oh, so my. Corporate finance class. And uh, it's just a deeper dive into the world of banking. Okay. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> you are the first person that has replied with a finance class. <laughs> All right. One, tell me one product that you cannot live without. And this doesn't need to be hair care. It could be a food, a kitchen item, a personal care. Like what is your, your gotta have? I hope I have something more exciting <laughs> later, but I have to have avocado. I mean, avocado oh, is okay. my thing. So I All do right. a lot of salads where I chop up ingredients. In fact, my friends laugh at me because every time we do a Zoom call, I'm chopping ingredients. So they're like, 
what salad are you making? <laughs> and I put avocado as the um, as the top. Of okay, it. that's all right. Perfect answer. And then finally, what is your advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry or have a career like yours? Yeah, I think the only way that you could possibly have a brand or a career or something long lasting is if you gave of yourself. I really believe if you don't give of yourself, give back, there's no way, there's no I, there's no way you can make anything on your own. So I think you either have to reach back to help someone. I think you have to volunteer to do things in school. It's just, it's just an always. You can't live in your own bubble. You have to um, invite people in. And um, I think you have to help others every day of your life. I like it. Okay. We have concluded the podcast. (laughs) You passed, you did it. Jeff, isn't she just a beautiful soul? I mean, just the tone of her voice is soothing. What a treat. She's a treat. It's been so fun watching her achieve so many amazing things in her career and spending time most recently with her and knowing her with her role at Nioxin. But you know, her take and understanding of scalp health really Mm -hmm. makes you stop and think, wait a second, am I paying attention to my scalp health and how it really, really affects hair quality. So Mm -hmm. thank you again to Diane for your time and your wisdom. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at read the tease and send in questions to volume up at the tease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.